wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on this episode, I have Amanda Goodpasture, the Regional Director for South Texas of the National Wild Turkey Federation. So on the, on the bow hunting, I cut a cow out of a particle board and painted it so that I could like hide behind it and try to get close enough. Cool has never been synonymous with me. So, <laughs> so that was me in a field with a cow. They will frustrate you like nothing else. You think you're a smooth operator, but man, probably that one where I was so close and I had to be so quiet and still which is hard for me and then it felt like it was in such slow motion but it was probably only like a 20 minute ordeal I mean we were army crawling across freaking western Oklahoma I mean we were down to the buzzer for some we just for some arbitrary reason it was just like today's the day and it was just the greatest feeling and and just like ah adrenaline dump it was incredible Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on this episode, I have Amanda Goodpasture. And Amanda is the Regional Director for South Texas of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Amanda, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So me and Amanda have played i don't know what game you would call it but we this is the third time we've been on the calendar to to do this and so as they say the third time's a charm so between busy schedules and the holidays we we were finally we finally made it happen so amanda thank you for being on and uh absolutely i'm sure everyone can guess why amanda is on we are going to talk turkey We've done some turkey episodes in the past. We've had Seth Gower. We've had Brody Prudnick. But them boys are from West Virginia. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I love Texas. And so I had to get someone on here that has Texas roots and background in hunting Rios. And so Amanda is our guest for that. And we do appreciate her being on. And so Amanda, just tell us a little bit about the NWTF and what you got going on down there in South Texas. Sure. Okay. So, yeah, so this is actually the NWTF's 50th anniversary. So we have been here doing conservation work for the turkeys since 1973. And when we began, there were 1.3 million turkeys in North America. There are now roughly 7 million turkeys in North America. So within those 50 years, we have dedicated over $8 million in research and in Texas, we actually have had numerous, I think this week is our fifth turkey release that we have had of Easterns in East Texas. So I am from Tyler. I'm an East Texas girl. I'm a Piney Woods girl. So that makes me so elated to see those boxes of turkeys being released into the woods and into East Texas into my home, and I hope that there are many more areas within Texas that are able to have turkey releases in the future. I know that in partnership with the Wildlife Department have very vast goals for that for the future, and we actually dedicated, our state board in Texas dedicated $114,000 earlier this year for the mission for um, conservation projects. So 
That's There's awesome. a lot happening in Texas and it's super exciting. It's super exciting to be a part of it. And it just wouldn't be possible without all of our tremendous chapters and volunteers and everyone that just has the mission in their heart and wants those boots on the ground efforts happening in our backyard. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So East Texas, um, is that, yeah. where is the line where Easterns <laughs> and Rio's? Now, now. <laughs> <laughs> It is anywhere that anybody wants them to say that they are in East Texas. That is what I have um, established. <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. But the Easterns yeah. are originally from that area, correct? Yes. Okay. And then we have Rio's over in the West. So Yeah. And Texas yeah. is a very large state. So, I mean, it's, I think, 14 hours driving, you know, border <laughs> to border, you know, east to west. And so probably the same north to south if you go through the panhandle. But uh, so I, I could definitely see where there would be two different subspecies of turkeys being from that state. And uh, which is really cool because not very many states can you go and kill two different kinds of birds so that's i think that's Absolutely. really unique and uh no when yeah. you guys are doing your releases does it vary from area or is it kind of a general number it really just depends upon i believe the area in which we are getting the birds from okay i know that we have a goal of the within those counties and they don't do all of them at once i think they think they have maybe 17 birds coming this week and so i think it's just as they are able to gather those these these birds that we have had this year have been coming from maine so i hope they're enjoying the warm weather <laughs> i was gonna say that's a culture shock are y'all banning these birds that way you can keep track of them or are they just yeah, so what the wildlife department does, they put trackers on them i was able to do on one of our um, I've done two turkey releases this year, and on one of them, I actually got to hold the tom as they were taking the feather and taking the blood and putting the tracker on them, and so that was so cool. I have I have pictures that my coworkers took where I'm just totally geeking out, and I just love it. Um, so yeah, it's so cool to see. You know, they go through obviously avian flu testing before they come to the site, and then. Texas Parks and Wildlife and the biologists do their thing. And it's just so incredible to watch all of the hands that that are in this whole project of of restocking these turkeys. It's it's incredible. And to be able to hold one while they were doing it was just highlight of my life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. So I guess it's really cool because, you know, in a few years, hopefully the survival rate of these animals, or do y'all know, you know, an average survival rate at this point, or is it still too early to tell? Probably too early to tell just from my limited experience with it. That is um, definitely one of the, one of the areas of research that they are conducting is the lifespan and growth of the turkeys that they are. I don't think that sounds right at all. Yeah, no, that, that sounds all. right. So as, as Did the, it? okay, yeah. I'll just say in my limited experience on that side of things, I'm not certain. I know that that is definitely being, that is research that is being conducted. And in order for landowners to, 
have the turkeys released on their property, they have to go through obviously a lot of due diligence on their on their land to ensure that they are placed in habitat that is readily able to have pulse and to have new harvest yeah. of animals. Um, yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense. So they're they're vetting these landowners to determine that their property is suitable for growth and expansion. That, and I think that's that's important because you don't want to just release them anywhere. And any, Absolutely. the opportunity that you can give them to continue to thrive and, and ultimately produce more uh, pulse and eventually yes. big, big gobblers now is there like absolutely a- and eventually have turkey limits there there are counties there that they are that do not have limits for turkeys because there just aren't the numbers and so that is absolutely a goal is to be able to replenish those numbers and get back some some of those counties that used to have birds that were huntable and you know um quantities of birds that were um able to have yeah. an actual limit in that county on so so once you've vetted these uh landowners and, and y'all have established that yes these are good properties are these landowners and maybe you know this maybe you don't but are these landowners have they all kind of formed a coalition and said look we're not going to harvest any of these birds we're going to let them grow and then in you know maybe 5 10 15 years from now you know, our our kids and grandchildren will be able to harvest them because right now we're releasing them and not. Is that kind of, is that what you think's happening? That's what I think is happening. Again, I think some of these counties don't have limits and I could be wrong on that, but I know that for sure we're doing the research to ensure that they are repopulating and. And I'm sure you're enlisting the help of trappers and, and other, you know, predator hunters because coyotes, bobcats, foxes, they are nest raiders as well as raccoons. And so even possums, I found that out, you know, possums are nest raiders as well. So, um, which they're so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they can be, I guess. And, uh, which. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of predator hunting, we while we were down there and uh, hunting in Fredericksburg, we went out with a good buddy of mine, Ted Nestor. He's uh, him and his wife Amber. They have the chase with Ted and Amber, and it's on the Pursuit Channel. Yes. And uh, so we went out, and me, him, and Chance went calling, and and one night we spent, uh, I think it was about four hours of calling. I think we did a total of maybe nine stands. We killed five our gray foxes and one bobcat and uh i was yeah it was it was unreal because you know predator hunting up here in the northeast well you know some nights you go out and you you typically see an animal but you don't always kill one but there you know i i killed three grays and missed two and ted killed two grays and a bobcat but missed uh i believe it was only i think he only missed once um actually you know what this is my podcast i think ted missed a bunch and uh so <laughs> but uh yeah no we we had a great time and uh just we we were out there with our buddy chance and he knew the property really well so navigating it at night was made having chance there was awesome and um but at the same time you know chance's property there at cinco canyon ranch they have a tremendous turkey population already and uh as i was sharing with you earlier two years ago my buddy Kenny from Kenny Ladderback up here in Virginia was down there on an axis deer hunt and he killed the first turkey there in years. Um, and they just, you know, they focus on 
elk hunting and exotic animal hunting, they don't really focus on turkey hunting. And um, yeah, I, my my other good buddy Brian Cottrell with Two B Outdoors, I was telling him about it. I'm like, Brian, that place is loaded with turkeys, and so through 2B Outdoors, we sold a bunch of turkey hunts last year. And I want to say that there were like eight turkey hunters that went through there and they all limited out. And, uh, like, a, yeah, like, like in yeah. a three day, you know, throughout the season, they all, I think booked like three or four day hunting, uh, hunts and they all, you know, they all tagged out. And, uh, I know they're sold out again for this year as far as turkey hunts. And, you know, it's one right. of those things where, we were just down there and we were doing some hunting and we seen so many turkeys and I was telling April, I'm like, we got to quit time in this to where we're down here in February, early March. We need to start coming in like March, April. Get over here in April. Come on. Yeah. So we're going to, I think next year we're going to maybe try something like that, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to finally wrapping my hands around a Rio because I did kill a Merriam years ago in Colorado and I've killed plenty of Easterns. But uh, I definitely want that Rio. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so fingers crossed that we'll make that happen soon. Yes, my fingers are crossed for y'all too. I'm just – and see, this is the the great Eastern versus Rio land here in Texas. It's crazy because I talk to so many people. My area being everything south of I-20, I have the Piney Woods where they're desperate for turkeys. And yeah. then I have – the West where they're just covered up in Rio's, you know? And, and so it's two very different things. It's like, I'll talk to people and they'll talk about, Oh man, when we were growing up hunting, we shooed the cows and the turkeys away from our deer stands, you know? And then it's like, man, I grew up hunting in East Texas. And it was like, you never saw a turkey. I, I didn't kill my first turkey till I was an adult. It was in Oklahoma. Yeah. So I've never, I have never killed a turkey in Texas. In fact, Oh, wow. Okay. Well, hopefully that happens for you soon. <laughs> and, uh, I hope so, too, in the next few weeks. <laughs> there you go. Do you, uh, do you have any uh, areas picked out already, or are you just going to wing it this year? Nope. And see, that's the thing, too. Texas is 97% private, so it's extremely difficult. If you don't have a lease or good friends and family, you know, you're you're really stuck trying to really find some kind folks to, to lend you some some time on their property so okay fair enough well i'll have to put you in contact with uh dallas and uh chance so dallas owns whiskey willow ranch out in ozona which is definitely in your area because that's yes he's actually south <laughs> of south of 10 and then chance is there at uh in fredericksburg so um new Braunfels, you'll have yeah, and to I'm in new Braunfels, so i'm in his backyard yeah for you're sure, not far so. at all so yeah, we'll, we'll have to connect you with those two and uh, see what we can make happen I'd for you. I love it. So, so tell me about this uh, turkey hunt you did in Oklahoma. Oh, my word. Okay, so I lived in Oklahoma for about nine years, and i that's where I fell in love with turkey hunting. That's where I fell in love with the organization and got involved with NWTF. I had deer hunted, of course, whitetail. Um dove the basics pigs so many pigs um and i had never turkey hunted and so i went out and my very first turkey hunt we did a spot and stock which i just totally fell in love with and we actually ended up getting covered in toms and i was just mere yards from this massive tom just 
I, it, oh my god i mean like it just like every hair is standing on end and ever you're just like okay i'm not a quiet person but i'm looking at these spurs going if you this is the time of me that you got to be quiet right now and um it was incredible and i just i totally fell in love with the, the the talking back and forth and and seeing them come off the roost and follow them and it was just just all of it was incredible there's just nothing like well i say there's nothing like i think elk hunting would probably be pretty similar in a far grander scale as far as being able to like communicate and spot and stock so i haven't gotten there yet though but that's that's where i just absolutely fell in love with turkey hunting and yeah. it's just it is truly like nothing and i i now talk to people who have never turkey hunted and it's so hard because it's, it just depends on what area you're from because you may think they're nuisance birds or they're just big, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, you have no idea what you're missing out on. It's so incredible. And it will just, I don't know, it's just, it creates and use this just different fire and love of nature because it's just, it's just incredible. And it's, it's spring and it's just, it, yeah, everything. The culmination of, of spring turkey is, it, it's just, it's incredible. If you set 20 different people down in a room individually and ask them to describe turkey hunting, there would be some overlap, but I think all 20 people would give you a different, um, oh, absolutely. you know, a different scenario of what, what turkey hunting is. And, you know, it's really hard to describe to someone who has never been. And, you know, hopefully that's what we can do with our podcast is over time, you know, piece it together for people, not just with turkey hunting, but with turkey hunting in general. But to hear a gobbler just hammer off on the roost right at daylight or just before daylight and you know he's close, right? Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully you put him to bed the night before and you have a, you know, you know what tree he was in when you left, but maybe he's, you know, jumped a tree or something, but hopefully he flies down in your lap. And I think the suspense and anticipation of where is he going to fly down? Because you can hear him. And like you said, every hair on your body is standing on end because it's just nothing like it. But now you're like, is he going to fly down in my lap or is he going to fly down a hundred yards away from me? And now I got to play, you know, talk Turkey. And uh, you know, I, that's <laughs> frustrating at times. Yeah. It, it, uh, probably more times than not, it becomes frustrating. I mean, I love it, but it's, you know, very frustrating, but and now it, if they always flew down in your lap, I don't know that it would all, that it would be fun. But I always I do like when they do that. It's be fun the first few times. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. I've had some. Yeah, they're fly. They yeah, they're they're yes, they will frustrate you like nothing else yeah. for sure. And especially you think you're a smooth operator, but man, yeah, because like when you think they're coming, and they come, they'll you know they'll come twenty yards this way and then fifty that way. And then they just keep doing that, you know, that he's making his circle and he's not, you think he's getting closer. So you're like, I'm going to sit here. And then you, you, next thing you know, it's 12 o'clock and you're like, well, that was stupid. But, <laughs> but, uh, not yep. that I've ever done that. Again. Yep. Uh, my, my buddy Brody and actually even Seth, I, I really like the way they run and gun a lot. And, yeah. I, and, you know, previously or prior to meeting, both of them 
I was always uh, setting the blind and, you know, cause you watch it on TV you know, they fly right down and come to your blind. It's all <laughs> setting a blind. That's all you got to do, you know? And, uh, but the reality is, you know, those people that did that, they put in the homework because they knew where those birds were going to fly down. And I think that's a, a learning technique or uh tip in itself is know where the birds are. But, you know, Brody and Seth, they are running gun. And Seth actually killed a bird. He was reaping, doing turkey reaping with a 410 pistol. He had the choice, shoot it with the pistol or grab it. And he shot it with his pistol. And I was like, you should have grabbed that thing. But, you know, you probably yeah. would have let it go as soon as you grabbed it. But you should have grabbed it because that story is way better than, you know. I mean, it's really cool to say you shot a bird you know, a turkey with a 410 pistol at like half right. a step, but. But then again, your bare hands. Yeah. 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 If you'd have grabbed it and, you know, put it in a full Nelson, that'd have been a lot cooler, but um, yeah, that would probably hurt <laughs> with yes, them spurs. For but, sure. but, but yeah. So, um, so what would you say your most memorable turkey experience hunting has been? Probably that one where I was so close and I had to be so quiet and still, which is hard for me. And then finally to have them get out enough for me to get set up, you know, to actually be able to move and get set up and to make a shot and to be successful. That was that whole thing was just it felt like it was in such slow motion, but it was probably only like a 20 minute ordeal, you know, or not yeah. even I don't even know. But that was that was my favorite yeah. absolutely that's just, awesome i mean we were army crawling across freaking western oklahoma i mean we were doing all the things and and we were just determined that that we were gonna get it was just we were down to the buzzer for some we just for some arbitrary reason it was just like today's the day and and we just i made it happen and it was just the greatest feeling and and just like Ah, adrenaline dump and everything just it was incredible heck yeah no that's awesome and uh so your goal for this year is to get you a rio in texas and yes. so we're gonna see if we can make that happen and yes. uh, i guess my i um a question that i ask everyone at the end of the podcast and as we're kind of wrapping up here i'm gonna uh, I'm going to hit you with it, right? So okay. if you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you hunt? No, it doesn't have to be turkey related, but it can be. That's completely up to you. The Everybody's answer has been different, but some, well, I can't say everybody's been different. A lot of people do say New Zealand red stag. I'm not, you know, preempting that for any reason, um, but like it could be anywhere. No limit. You, you know, it's, no money's uh nothing like time all of it you can pick and go where would you go i would say antelope anywhere okay. i i hunted antelope in oklahoma quite a bit and that is also a spot and stock situation that is just such an adrenaline situation <laughs> they're so fast there's so many variables and everything has to fall into place i guess i should have said something about turkeys but i didn't and no that was perfect it doesn't have to be about turkeys we're gonna go with that we're gonna say i would i would choose to hunt antelope anywhere i possibly could awesome. i love that thrill that's i i was able to hunt them in oklahoma and 
I really, really would love to do that. Yeah. And Again, they're, they're any, very... anytime, anywhere. That's that's probably my second favorite to turkey. But they're just so majestic and fast, and all the variables have to fall into place. And I was lucky enough to get one with a rifle, but I've bow hunted for them as well. And that's that's far harder, but it was it's just... But it's when it happens, such, it's going to be so rewarding. Ah, yeah. oh, it's going to be so rewarding. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll because... tell you, my, my rifle hunt and it was in Oklahoma and it was through the wildlife department. So it was a once in a lifetime draw. And I'm oh, wow. telling you, I, <laughs> the pressure that I felt, <laughs> like it was like I got this whole send off of all of the texts and all of the calls leading up to it. Good luck. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> like, here you go. This is it. And, um, no, and it was absolutely incredible. I had a decoy and I shot that thing. It was running at my decoy. I basically had to say, hey, <laughs> stop <laughs> um, for him to, to stop and go, what the heck was that? And for me to make a shot and um, and it all worked out. And then while my guide was getting the truck, a bunch of coyotes started circling me. And I was like, you know, if this is how I go, at least I got this. <laughs> antelope this once in a lifetime all the pressure on me antelope it's fine <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and it was fabulous so i would love the opportunity again to to hunt them, hunt them. yeah they're amazing and their eyesight is like <gasps> it's so hard to even describe how well they see and for how far they yes. can see so yes to stalk within bow range of a pronghorn and i know people do it but to do it i think that's like that's like up there on the list of how cool of a person you could be, I think. Right. And, uh, or how cool of a hunter you could be is, Hey, you know what, you know, even killing one with a rifle, I think says a lot about yeah. a person. Yeah. And, oh, uh, God. but to, to accomplish it with the old stick and string, I think that's pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to the it, day that yeah, you get it that was, done. it was the coolest feeling. Yeah. Well, I, so on the, on the bow hunting, what I did was I cut a, <laughs> I cut a cow out of a particle board um, and painted it and so that I could like hide behind it and try to get close enough. Um, That's <laughs> but I'm awesome. sure that that looked just so silly. I was just, cool has never been synonymous with me. So, <laughs> so that was me in a field with a cow. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was in Oklahoma in the panhandle. And again, the West, the West is my favorite. Yeah. So that's why I think I love the speed goat. I love the, just that whole terrain of, of the antelope hunt. And, um, and it was tarantula migration season, which is a real live thing. The street, like, it just looks like it's like brown water, but it's tarantulas. I'm out. <laughs> It was really cool. It was it was a super cool experience, but unfortunately, it had rained a ton the week before, so it was just me and my cow decoy just walking around, not getting anywhere near an antelope. So yeah, but it was a good experience. Well, it's because all the antelopes, all the tarantulas, they're like, we're out of here. They're like, thanks. <laughs> that cow is being really brave right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no thanks. Um, there's very few things on this earth that I can say I don't want to be around, and tarantulas would be one of them. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steer clear. That's awesome. Oklahoma, September, don't do it. Nope, uh, you won't catch me <laughs> there. So <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, Amanda, I've had a blast tonight, and I know that our listeners have got to have enjoyed this episode because I certainly have. And you know what? There's a lot of nuggets in here, and there's there's definitely value in topics that we covered, and I do appreciate you taking the time to visit with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And if anybody wants any more information, nwtf.org and get plugged into your local chapters, start a local chapter. Um, the volunteers are the reason we're here and y'all's passion. It, it's what drives me every day and it's what drives the organization. And we wouldn't be here for 50 years without y'all. So thank you so much for having me on to just give my little piece of the world to, to folks. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, if any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you directly um, on yeah. Instagram, what would be, what? Oh, tell us what your handle is. My handle is NWTF Amanda. Yep. There you Easy go. peasy. Perfect. So NWTF Amanda on Instagram. <laughs> so reach out with any of your questions about Southern, well, even just Texas. And if, if you can, absolutely, you'll, you'll, absolutely. You'll get them to the right people, but Um, so again Amanda thank you very much for being on thank you and to all of our listeners we just want to say thank you for all the continued love and support that you've continued to give us over week after week and uh, it doesn't go unnoticed so I just want to say again thank you we appreciate you and as always keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins don't forget to like, comment, subscribe If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.